Welcome, brother friends. This is Reconsidering WCW Nitro. I'm Dr. Damien Gibson. And joining me to dissect this week's WCW Monday Night Nitro is the man who only deals in kayfabe and multiple other things. It's Sir Matthew Kayfabe. Yeah, I've become like a, a bit of an all-access dealer. Like, you know how they say that like marijuana is a gateway drug? <laughs> I um, yeah. I don't know why I'm make, making a dealer. Anyway, I'm mixing metaphors here. But uh, what I'm trying to say is I used to just sell marijuana in the form of kayfabe, but now I'm selling crack and stuff as well. <laughs> you got that Meltzer shit, yeah. dog. Running through my veins. The behind the paywall shit. <laughs> it's so expensive. I don't know why anyone pays for it. I only pay for it because we do these shows. Like I was going to cancel it <laughs> and sign up to, the, to Fightful on their Patreon. Because I was like, I really like Sean mm. Ross Sapp. They seem to be getting every single bit of breaking news. And, like, Wrestling mm. Observer Radio is, uh, well, uh, I, mm, I don't, ag- uh, I, yeah, I don't agree on, uh, it's the worst, most painful listening experience imaginable. Uh, but they, I don't know the, the structure. So, Brian Alvarez works for Dave Meltzer, yeah. or is he doing his no, own? No, he thing? works for Dave Meltzer. Yeah, he does, right? Yeah. It's worth it just to watch Brian have a fucking meltdown every Tuesday, right? It's <laughs> surely it's, no. It's it's worth it for these uh, for these sort of you know behind the scenes uh, of nineteen ninety six reports. Except for today, when I log into the the Observer newsletter from July one, which contains all the news that covers this show, and the mm-hmm. this is the there's one bit that's really good. I mean, there's, there is some other stuff. Like, there is uh, stuff about the fact that, like, Randy Savage will be on the Regis and Kathy Lee show and that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. And that Bill Irwin's gimmick <laughs> will be the goon, uh, which is true. It did become the goon. Uh, but this is the only real bit of... Uh, this is the real bit of, of news uh, with a little bit of commentary because he can't help himself. Uh, as for the identity of the third party in the seventh of the seventh main event, it's really a secret. Lex Luger. <laughs> he can't. <laughs> Sorry. Lex Luger, which was the original plan, I can't see happening because it would be almost an exact duplicate of the Steve McMichael angle and it's too soon to do it again. It could, which is. Absolute, like, Dave Meltzer has not been watching WCW, which constantly does the same thing over and over again. But anyway, <laughs> oh, yeah. it could still happen, but I don't think it will. Bischoff, Hall and Nash were discussing names this past week with Mabel as the top candidate. <laughs> um, Crush being considered for a brief period and then dismissed. I just want to say that I suspect Dave Meltzer's made this up because I don't think Oh, Mabel or Crush, whatever. Absolutely. Like, I think this story is that if Hogan wouldn't do it, Sting was going to be the person. Uh, I don't think they ever yeah. considered Crush and Mabel. Um, all agreed Bret Hart would be the best candidate and WCW even floated the idea it would be Hart on its hotline over the weekend, but Hart has turned down every offer thrown his way. Supposedly, Bischoff, Bischoff has in the last few days- Because he's a loyal guy. He's a loyal man. Uh, Just one of the many great qualities of Brett the Hitman. God, Hart. he's a joke. Uh, past few days told Hall and Nash to trust him on this one, but admitted if they bring someone other than Hart in and it wasn't going to be Hart, that will come as a letdown. Uh, it could also be another WCW wrestler turning on the company. A good bit of uh, that. That's it. I just, <laughs> I just can't imagine at this point- Oh, God. Mabel, like the the fact that Dave Meltzer has seriously put forward Mabel, 
Like, so Scott Hall, and he's put it forward as uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall throwing the name around, being like, but if they were like, yes, let's get in someone who is a much, much less impressive star than us as the mystery third man, like, if that was the case, you'd save Kevin Nash, who was just WWF champion moments ago. If you Google Hmm. Mabel right now, he is not on the first page of Google results. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Like it just even in even in that uh I don't know what you would call it report mm. uh essay <laughs> uh he goes through about there's about nine different options. It's just like you know, I mean there are times where he's absolutely correct and really insightful, and then there's other times where he hasn't got the information. Mm. So he's just it's a internal monologue. It's just Dave's internal monologue. It's like, oh, it could be this. Maybe it could be Mabel. Oh, what it be? you know, it should be Bret Hart, though. It should definitely be Bret Hart. <laughs> like, it's just, and he's so, he's actually, with Bret Hart, he's so close, but so cold. Yeah. It's not funny, you know what I mean? He's, like, on the right, like, it should, yeah, it should be someone from WWF. It should be someone who's a bigger star than the two boys who have come across. But he's just he's going in the wrong direction. He's got to go back rather than forward. Mm. <laughs> he's Vince's you know, number one guy, you know. So funny. I can't wait to see what his response is to Bash at the Beach. I mean, uh, you know. He's gonna shit. I mean we don't I mean we don't know who. We don't we don't. We don't know who the third man is. So <laughs> God, imagine how painful it would be if we were still pretending. Yeah. No, no, there's there's no way we would have failed. I would have failed within the first two minutes of the first episode, pretending it's 1996. Um, should we get into this? Let's get into it. Episode. Um, yeah, I've kind of gone back to the old format of just going through the the show because there were a few different. Um, yeah, there were a few different little things that that I wanted to bring up. So we're we're coming from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. We start with Larry. Uh, in black and Tony in white, heel and face in black and white, the way it should be. Uh, and then uh, we got a replay of Scott and Kevin powerbombing Eric through the table, which they actually held off on this for a bit. <laughs> They're like really stretching out mm. a minute and a half's worth of <laughs> footage from the pay-per-view across Nitro. It looks so brutal, though, um, so brutal. I assume Nitro got cancelled after this online um, because Eric landed on a crash pad. <laughs> Damien's uh, Damien's a little bit sore uh, this week, friends. I assume everyone cracked the absolute fucking shits because Eric didn't land on a fucking concrete floor. Is that what happened in 1997? I will. You've got to admit that this bump actually does look more brutal than the Chris Jericho off a a cage bump, if you want to compare them. But he absolutely lands on a fucking crash pad. No, he lands on a table. Because of course he did. He lands through it. He goes through a table. He went through a table onto a crash pad. All I'm saying is it looked it looks really fucking brutal. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just interested. I'm just interested what everyone's fucking opinions are. You know, but these days, now, I can't hear them because I'm not on social media anymore. So you can say whatever the fuck you want, but you're all morons. Uh, except for you guys who listen to us. I love you guys. Um, I'm not talking about you, the brother friends. I'm talking about other, other people on wrestling Twitter. Uh, it does look brutal, but I'm just saying. All bumps have a fucking, especially with people. Anyway, <laughs> there was a crash button. Uh, 
<laughs> now, uh, now we're with the WCW Brains Trust being interviewed by Mean Gene. Uh, and we're, we're already setting up uh, Sting versus the NWO. Uh, Sting has a big... Uh, Sting's a new co- a big New York comedy fan because he drops like, what's the deal? Like three times in, the, in this. I was like, I feel like someone's been watching Seinfeld. Okay, I need, I need um, to say something about this. What this does, whether intentionally or unintentionally, is flag what is about to happen with Sting. So, Team WCW, they, they are wearing the symbol of WCW, which is Sting's face paint. Sting is the symbol of WCW. And then after this, you know, that, so that they've, they, they've decided to buy into Sting and they believe in him. And then after this, you know, obviously they're going to stop believing in Sting and he's going to stop being the symbol of WCW and become Crow Sting. And I don't know if it was intentional. It almost certainly wasn't, but it's excellent. I don't know. I don't because they hadn't. I think by this stage they'd worked out it was Hogan, not Sting. But I'm not sure whether they had figured out. I don't know. It feels there are moments where, like, it's very easy to fit the narrative to what happened, you know, in hindsight. Mm. It's very easy to be like, oh, they already knew and they were doing this with Sting and blah, 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 oh, blah. Oh, that's why I'm saying this is this is great accidental storytelling. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it probably, I mean, it most likely is accidental, but it feels like they did pay a lot. Like, it, I don't know. It feels like the NWO Sting thing, they did actually put a lot of forward planning. I mean, Sting doesn't become into- Crow Sting for like quite some time at this point. Doesn't he disappear after this pay per view? Um, no, because there's a there's a storyline that go that comes after this where they don't trust Sting and they think he's going to join the NWO, and that's when he goes off because uh, the right. WCW loses faith in Sting. Sting loses faith in them. Yeah, well, it's not WCW. It's WWWCW. <laughs> uh, that's a fair point. <laughs> uh, it's where the big boys play. You sent me a, a, a text message like a few days before I watched this referencing Lex Luger saying WWWWCW <laughs> and I just complete because I hadn't watched it yet. I was just like, oh, he Matt must have had a stroke there or something. He went to say but WWF. No, as usual, it was Lex yeah. Luger. He went to say <laughs> WWF and he panicked and went WWWCW and it was like, mate, you did not cover that World 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 Wrestling Championship Wrestling. Well, it has to be called WWWWCW now from now on, <laughs> whenever we reference it. It just has to be. Oh, no. You've done it, Lex. Uh, that's what I'm doing. Uh, the Steiners appear to say that they're wrestling tonight, and then Harlem Heat appear and say that Sting and Lex cheated them out of their belts, which they're absolutely correct. <laughs> Harlem Heat come in and be like, hey, remember the last time at the pay-per-view where we all wrestled each other? We got cheated out of... The belts, man. We want to like wrestle you so, against. I was like on my, I was on my couch, like, yeah. You tell Booker T, Stevie, right? <laughs> uh, next up, we had the Blue Bloods and Public Enemy have a match. The only reason I bring this up because it wasn't really much uh, is that there was a Public Enemy promo, and on the network, they completely scrubbed what Public Enemy was saying. Yeah, I did. They, I, I didn't watch on the yeah. network. Yeah, I, I still have the network from WrestleMania and I keep forgetting to cancel it uh, and it just keeps. <laughs> anyway, 
So it's um, and it's easier for me to watch in the lounge room. Anyway, I don't know why I'm telling you guys this, um, but yeah, because uh, we have our own WrestleWolf library where we watch most of our stuff from. But I just for some reason, did did you notice what was said in the promo? Because it was was it derogatory towards Vince, or did you not pay any attention? Yeah, this is um, this is a little bit embarrassing. But I did watch this uh, about a week ago, and I don't remember, so it can't can't have been that exciting. Yeah, it's just one of those weird things. It comes up on the network all the time where, like, certain things are, um, I mean, the music I get, like, I mean, like the music from ECW and stuff mm. that they've scrubbed out because they would have to pay the Rolling Stones, for example, <laughs> thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, but there is a lot of derogatory Vince shit, especially around the Monday Night War era that are just, like, people's signs that are, like, fuzzed out and stuff you can see vince and then you don't see the rest of it so i just assumed that it was something derogatory towards wwf i mean potentially or he was just like saying something you know sexist or racist or well there's a very good possibility of that because mm, well. they are uh next up we've they got- are scrubbing a lot of that stuff out now yeah yeah i don't, I don't i'm not a huge fan of that um uh i just think it needs to be there you know what I mean? Like, it just needs to be there so everyone can see how horrible. <laughs> like, it's like, anyway, I don't know. Um, oh, it's our old pal, the Taskmaster, who apparently, according to Larry Zabisco, laughs at old Yeller. Uh, and he also gets sad at the end of Star Wars. Uh, he's up, upset that the Scarecrow, Tim Man, and Lion get handouts at the end of Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also thinks that Godfather 3 is the weakest in the Godfather trilogy because he's not a complete fucking idiot. Um, Jimmy Hart at the end of this uh, promo match spot thing, because I, I, I just started tuning out. I was like Dungeon of Doom, Four Horsemen, I don't care. Mm. But then just out of nowhere, Jimmy Hart says, uh, and I feel like he was speaking for all of us, when he says, if I hear one more Ric Flair promo, I'm going to choke myself to death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Is Jimmy Hart somehow listening to our podcast from the future in the past <laughs> and sending us a message through Nitro? Well, we're going to see some changes if he if he is. <laughs> it's um, It's really bad. It's so bad. I, I'm, I can't handle... Anything to do with Rick the Giant? Uh, just are you having any reaction to to like? Is it me? Am I being over the top here as usual with things, or is it as bad as I'm? I legitimately mentally switch off whenever Ric Flair or the Giant are on television. <laughs> it's I can't. It's so it's so bad. It's so bad. It's to the point where I'm like. I think I've told this story before, right? Where I kind of tuned into WCW. I, I, it's hard to tell because we watch so much wrestling, but I think it's around now where I tune into WCW mm. because, you know, of course you would, like fucking outsiders are there and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I'd never really seen Ric Flair because in Australia we don't, you didn't have access to NWA or any of that sort of stuff and he was barely in WWF. And he just looked like an old psycho to me. Like, he would just come out and scream and yell and he was wearing his fucking bathrobe with, like, his bedazzled bathrobe. And I couldn't, because there was no history for me, you know what I mean? And you don't have the internet. You can't just look up Ric Flair and be like, oh, he's won, I suppose he's won 13 championships or whatever. Mm. 
So it was just this old dude in his fucking underwear screaming woo all the time. And it, I, it took me decades to catch up and be like, oh, okay, he's, you know, Ric Flair's a big dude. As you aged but yourself first- and stopped wearing pants and started screaming woo. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't really like Ric Flair, man. I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I get the history, and so I'm not going to be derogatory towards that and just be like, "Oh, so what? Who cares?" But I've never really liked him as a wrestler. I don't like him as a promo. There's been very few things that he's been involved in where I've been like, "That's awesome." The Four Horsemen are great, and blah 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 blah. His '80s stuff is obviously, you know phenomenal and, and changed the business and all that kind of stuff. But th- this 96 Ric Flair is just... Yes, 1990s... Some of the worst 1990s stuff. Ric Flair is not good. And it's not going to get any better if that makes you feel. But it is going to get different. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a dentist that's about to pull, like, seven teeth out, like, trying to find some positive for the patient in the chair. It's <laughs> like, now this is going to hurt a little bit. But the good news is... It's going to hurt for a long time. <laughs> pain. You'll get used to the pain. Pain is character. So. I, but I can't even do, I can't even find any like humor in it or try and like, you know, with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, it's funny. Uh, funny for you. You know what I mean? Uh, I like it. Like, I mean, it's terrible, but there's always something where I'm like, oh, look at the look at his dumb face or, you know what I mean? Ric Flair is, <laughs> he's. It's the same thing every week. He's also horrible to all the women that are around. Like, I just, he's lecherous and great. He makes my skin crawl. Like, I don't, I'd rather, I'd rather Hulk. I'd rather Hulk. I'd rather, like, all American Hulk Hogan than Ric Flair. Really? Because at least you get some, well, yeah, at least with those promos where it's like, let me tell you something, brother, do blah, 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 blah. Like, if it was a choice between Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair, doing endless promos every week, then I think I'd choose Hulk Hogan. Wow. That's a that's a big call, brother. I mean, they're both horrible choices, but... Well, you're about to get endless Hulk Hogan promos every week for the next four years. <laughs> yeah, but that's... I mean, this is good Hulk Hogan. I can't wait for that. Uh, Dean Malenko has a match against Bobby Walker. None of this really matters. It's an exposition match where Larry and Tony just talk about the third man, basically. Yeah. Um, what I don't mind, do you think that that kind of, um, cause people get very upset when that happens now, when there's that sort of exposition commentary happening, mm-hmm. but I think it actually helps to build up the bigger storylines, especially in an, a TV medium where you can see what's happening in the ring and they don't totally ignore those matches, but in an obvious squash match like this, you might as well use it to set up exposition for the bigger storylines, don't you reckon, or am I? Look, I think of the things of off. the things that happened in this match, the least uh, the least damaging of them was uh, was the exposition. The more damaging was the Disco Inferno. Oh my god! This, uh, I why Disco Inferno didn't kill everyone with a disco ball for the rest of his career? I don't understand. How this was never employed ever again. <laughs> you were doing this knowing not of like, of course, this fucking idiot loved the disco ball. <laughs> it's like I do a podcast with a fucking moron. For those <laughs> look that you give me sometimes. For those who are listening, um, you know, in in May of 2021, when we're recording this, 
We started 20 minutes late because Damien was deeply, deeply personally upset about the zombies in uh, WWE backlash, WrestleMania backlash. So bad. WrestleMania. So bad. Um, I just, anyway, we'll, we can talk about this. It's WrestleMania's backlash. <laughs> but then you're like, why didn't they have a series of disco dancers attack the Miz instead with their, with their, with their special <laughs> balls, with the mirrors on them? Look, hey, all I'm saying is the fucking zombies are kayfabe now. That's a real thing. Is AJ is AJ Styles a zombie? Because we still have not been explained how he came back to life after being killed by The Undertaker last I mean, year. I would argue, one, that The Undertaker has been a kayfabe zombie before, and two, yeah, there was true. the ECW, uh, WWE CW kayfabe zombie. So, like an actual character who was a zombie. So, zombies already existed in the WWE universe, which is deeply fucking confronting. Okay, I'll put this on the record. I'll put this. If Miz and Morrison come back as a zombie tag team, <laughs> I'm in. I'm You're in. in. But they won't. They'll just come back. They'll just show up on Raw next week. <laughs> Be like, hey. That's <laughs> us. Um, anyway, yeah, Disco did come out. He was here to let everybody know that he'd sold a million copies of his gold record. <laughs> And he's received a gold record of... This is a little confusing. Did he record his own theme or is it just his theme has sold a million copies? Um, well, I, I don't know. I think he's saying he recorded it. <laughs> um, and he got a gold record, which, just to be clear, that's not what a gold record is. But whatever, who cares? Yeah, a million copies would be like fucking... Uh, Quadruple platinum or something? Well, is it gold's five hundred thousand copies, isn't it? Oh, I thought it was two hundred and fifty thousand. Oh God, maybe it is. I thought platinum was two hundred fifty. Oh, who knows? It's different <laughs> in different countries, and it's all bullshit anyway. <laughs> Except for Disco Inferno. Except for Disco Inferno, who's the greatest wrestler of all time. And seriously, how Dean Belenko didn't end up with a disco ball on his head—that's <laughs> the only thing that wasn't done correctly here, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Dean Malika should have been walking around the ring with a giant, like looking like Mr. Bean with a turkey on his head. <laughs> I like it. No. Oh, you do like yeah, it? Yeah, sort of oh, like I it. I thought I was going to get it. Sorry. Uh, we had a couple of promos here with uh, Glacier. We get another Glacier. We're getting all these Glacier promos uh, that look great. I think they still look good. I think they hold up. It's It's like, it's such a shame that Glacier didn't pop the way that, it really should have. <laughs> the amount of money and, and stuff that they put into it, it, it yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we've also got the Bash at the Beach promo where a bro gets negged by some women for some reason. There's this bro that like comes out and he's like, hey, what's going on? Did you like this? And they're like, get lost, dickhead. <laughs> and then Bash at the Beach. I don't, <laughs> I don't really understand what the, the ad was about. but <laughs> did you Did you like it? No, well, I want to see the shark with the sunglasses again. That's what I thought the shark was going to pop up with some sunglasses, be like, hey, bash at the beach. <laughs> then I would have put a like, standing ovation. But no, you know, no shark, no, you know. If you don't put a shark with sunglasses in your bash at the beach ad, then <laughs> I'm not into it. <laughs> uh, Eddie Guerrero had a match against the Barbarian. He gets a weird win from a weird finish where the Barbarian slips and Eddie kind of falls on him. So, it's like, 
almost like trying to protect the barbarian for some reason, but also put Eddie over. Like they kind of hedge their bets with this. The uh, look, uh, I first of all, the barbarian was a little bit over, which was a shock to me because uh, I didn't mm. remember him being over. Uh, Eddie Guerrero cuts a promo after this match, and it is. Like, he is so uncomfortable at this stage cutting promos. And my first memory of Eddie is at, uh, is when he's with the LWO and uh, he was excellent at that point and that's not that far away. Mm. So, it's it's like he he gets better in, like, such, such a significant manner. It's, it's quite impressive. Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Well, he's going to become one of the best mic workers in, the, in wrestling yeah. ever. He's... Yeah, th- there's just nothing for the guys to work with. As much as I like Mean Gene, although the more I watch him in this, the more I'm like, oh, you're a bit of a skeezy dude. You know what he's a bit like? Um, he's a bit like Jim Ross in uh, in AEW, where he's already, like, you know, the well-known guy. He doesn't clearly doesn't give a huge fuck about the product and is a bit no. creepy towards uh, the, the, the women of the product. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But they just know when when you have uh, an interviewer coming up and just asking those basic questions doesn't give. I feel like the wrestlers have more room to move when it's just them and a camera. You when when there's someone and like you know Gene can obviously do the job. He's been doing it for a long time, but he directs what's happening, Mm. right? So it doesn't allow. I don't know. It's. I don't know what I'm trying to explain. It doesn't allow for, and then a lot of the time he'll talk over them. So, like, I noticed in this episode and the next one that we're doing, DDP starting to like blossom a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's starting to work out who his character is and finding his voice a bit. And then when he's dealing with uh, whether it's Tony or Mean Gene or Larry, there's a lot of talking over the top of him because they see him as green. So they think they're doing the right thing by trying to like control where the promo's going. But they just need to trust in him a little bit and, you know. I mean, I know they're making nationwide live TV. <laughs> so that would be the that would be their reasoning of like, well, we can't just fucking let this guy do whatever he wants and completely fail on live TV. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just the more I watch Mean Gene interviews in on Nitro, the more I'm like, I think it would be better if you had like actual filmed promos or just let the wrestlers talk at the camera. Yes. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and that's, I mean, that's, we're going to head towards the, you know, absolute uh, change of the change of the wrestling world with uh, the NWO promos that are, you know, filmed and in yeah. black and white and cut together. And yeah. Uh, speaking of DDP, he gets a win over Alex Wright. Uh, then he has an interview with Mean Gene. And now there's this, there's going to be a very short, thankfully, uh, Angle between fucking Jim Duggan and DDP. Um, I don't. Maybe they see DDP working with Jim Duggan. You know, it could be one of those Dolph Ziggler situations where, as soon as you sign a contract at WWE, you're given a six month mm. angle with Dolph Ziggler to learn the ropes. Um, you know, maybe they see that. But yeah, God, having watched a few episodes ahead, it's um, <laughs> you can see that DDP is. Already better than Jim Duggan in every on every level. Yeah. You know, like it's probably a little easy to say that in hindsight, but God, you know, it's just ugh. The, I, like this pay per view cannot come fast enough 
for me. <laughs> There's just so many. VK Wall Street, Jim Duggan. I mean, VK Wall Street's in the next match against Macho. Um, there's just a lot of like list cloggers on Nitro at the moment of people who are just sort of like nothing characters. And I mean, I know you got your Eddie Guerrero's, Chris Benoit, Ray Mysterio's. Like they are bringing in young, good talent. Um, but yeah, Jim Duggan is getting way too much, <laughs> way too much airtime. And they they have a angle about DDP's ring over the next few weeks, which is <laughs> mind numbing. Um. Kevin Green did a promo and uh, I looked up the Carolina Panthers while he was talking, so I didn't hear anything that he said about the wrestling. But um, Carolina Panthers started in 1995. They've been to the Super Bowl twice and the club's worth $2.3 billion in 2021. That's a lot of money. We should. I wonder if we should buy a football team for the WrestleWolf. Is it that easy? Well, if it's valued, yes. We just have to get a loan. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right. Uh, I mean, I know Hit- the uh, Bret Hart owns an ice hockey team, right, in like the third level, like the two levels below the NHL. Are they as shit as Bret was? At the shit men. <laughs> the best in the world. They're not. They can't be the best in the world because they're not in the NHL. But uh, I think they're called the Calgary Hearts or something like that. The Calgary Hearts. Fuck off. You see him wearing the, you know, the Kevin Smith-esque ice hockey jersey around from time to time. It's black oh, with like a big pink heart on it ab- with wings. You're an absolute fucking idiot. No, he wears that because he's still worried about Goldberg and he's just got the breastplate under it. <laughs> you don't pay any attention. Uh, Macho Man beats VK uh, Wall Street. Um, I actually looked up VK Wall Street in this match. Um, mm. But I mean, none of it. None of his. It's not. He's really not that interesting. It's not really anything that anyone wouldn't know. That like his sons are Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. Um, he's IRS. That that he was IRS. Uh, he married um, uh, Black Black Jack Mulligan's daughter, who's like a sort of old school hard nut wrestler. Um, he's a carny. He's a carny married into a family of carnies. <laughs> Has produced more carnies and uh, hopefully Bo Dallas shows up somewhere cool in the next couple of weeks and actually I think he's gets to do some I think he's like got set himself up as a real estate agent I think he's done I think he's out why do they always become real estate agents I suspect it's not very oh look I don't want to I don't know our uh... <laughs> hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a very valuable thing, and people love real estate agents. As we, mm. yeah, everyone loves their real estate agent. Um, you could trade off your name a bit. Yeah, well, except for the fact, yeah, like, that if you've been on TV knows it, so his name's Wyndham Rotunda or something. No, Wyndham Rotunda's Bray, isn't it? That's Bray. Yeah. Wyndham. Imagine calling a fat guy Ham. Anyway, um, we should move on. <laughs> Uh, I hope we meet Bray one day so you can call him fat to his face. Oh, I feel bad. I'll tell him. <laughs> Matt reckons you're fat and then just run off. <laughs> <laughs> to try and find Dexter Loomis. Um, uh, <laughs> I just love him. I love he him sucks. so much. Uh, next up, yeah, but that's what's great about him is how much he sucks. Uh, I hope Bo Dallas wrestles again because he's like in NXT, he was great. 
and like he has he could be a fantastic heel like he could be such a great heel impact so fucking nwa sign bo dallas you need wrestlers anyway uh harlem heat versus steiner brothers versus sting and luger uh for i think this was for the tag it is for the tag titles because harlem heat win the titles is that this match no the match starts isn't really important because here come the outsiders through no, the crowd and they've got baseball bats. They, yeah, and Harlem Heat like do a roll up, a surprise roll up while that's and happening. And they win. The match is over. Stevie Ray is visibly helping. Legs are on the ropes. Everyone's in the ring. <laughs> There's men with baseball bats outside the ring. And the tag team titles mm. change hands somehow. This yeah. is fantastic. And it's only sort of half mentioned by Tony. It was like, I think Harlem Heat have won the belts. I think Harlem Heat have won the belts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, this is cool. This makes Scott and uh, and um, Kevin look pretty hard. But then I, I, my only criticism is it went on a bit too long. Hmm. You know what I mean? Because either like they have to get in the ring and start hitting cops with bats, <laughs> right? Or they walk off to be like, wow, we're not going to, we're not fucking idiots. We're going to hit cops but they sort of just stand there for a long time going like come on come on like that sort of like pigeon thing that dudes do before they fight <laughs> would you like them have to would ah god words would you liked it had they have got in the ring and started hitting people with baseball bats yeah <laughs> your a cab yeah Absolutely. Like, no, I mean, I just, like, obviously, like, I get it from the point of, like, making a TV show where it's like, we've got these, these guys are our new stars. These are the two biggest, like, people are tuning in to see what these guys do next. So, you can't just have them jump the fence, see that there's cops and walk off. But it just felt, don't you reckon it just felt a bit awkward? Like, there was a long period of time where they were just sort of standing there. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? And also, like, all of these guys are big, scary dudes. And, again, they've kind of miscast the cops. Like, the cops look so small in comparison to all these giant wrestlers. It looks like the wrestlers could eat the cops to get to each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, yeah. I like when they use when they start using local wrestlers and you're like, hey, I recognize that guy from the future. But uh, right now, yeah, that's Warhorse. <laughs> yeah, that's CM Punk. <laughs> that's Warhorse. In uh, in 1997, I think he had his WCW debut. debut. Um. Anyway, fuck you. Warhorse got married on the weekend. Shout out to Warhorse. And who did he get married to? Uh, his girlfriend, who shows up in his social media all the time. I think she's a wrestler as well, but I can't remember her name because I'm a bad person. She sounds like she has a great personality. Um, <laughs> she does actually. She's really funny and stuff, but I can't. I can't remember her name. It's really bad. Look up Warhorse's social media. Uh, she's great. She's very funny. They seem very well matched. Yeah, that, that wasn't uh, meant to really be an attack on Warhorse or his partner I, I just thought it was funny that you've decided to mention the warhorse got married i was just saying they got married it's, it's, anyway i love warhorse and now you know but now he has love now there's a mrs too. warhorse yeah <laughs> now it's not just me who loves warhorse he's got two people who love him uh anyway that's the end of the that's the end of another kind of nondescript eh episode that ends with 
I mean, Scott and Kevin fucking pop on screen, man. <laughs> like, they're so electric compared to everything else that's on the roster at the moment, besides maybe Sting. Sting sort of has the same thing, but also, like, you are just waiting for him to turn into Crow Sting. Yes. That's all you want, isn't it? That's all I've wanted for a year now. Yeah, I mean, we're so close to Bash at the Beach, man. I'm like, fuck, I cannot wait. I can't wait. We're going to get there, probably. Yeah, we shouldn't be, like, I mean, we've come this far. We shouldn't really be complaining about, like, it's only a week away. But still, God, I want it to happen so bad. (laughs) You'll get there. We'll get there. We'll all get there together, in fact. We will. We will. Uh, Is there... Is Vince doing anything on the other channel? Ooh, uh, that's one of those great questions that you can ask. And I, as always, I am uh, prepared to answer you uh, after a small uh, delay of talking to you uh, like this. I'm sounding like Meltzer now. Yeah, this is... Well, the... Do you God. want me to go on a rant about how bad Raw is for 10 minutes? No, you, you can tell me what you think of this Raw, though. See what's on the other channel. Uh, uh, Intercontinental champion Ahmed Johnson defeated Hunter S. Helmsley with the Pearl River Plunge in a non-title match. Skip and Zip mm-hmm. defeated the Brooklyn Brawler and Jerry Fox, uh, mm-hmm. which must have been upsetting for you as a big Jerry Fox fan. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, the Brooklyn <laughs> Brooklyn. Brawler is an interesting character, but anyway. Wait for these two. Vader, Owen Hart, and Davy Boy Smith defeated Aldo Montoya, that's just incredible, Savio Vega, and Barry Horowitz. Nah. nah? <laughs> no, no. All right, see, see what you uh, think about this. The Undertaker defeated Steve Austin. Okay, now, now you're starting to, now you're pulling out the big guns. Well, that's it. Um, that's the whole show, but... That was the main event, but I just want to point out that The Undertaker didn't have a good match until, like, 2005, so the match probably sucked. <laughs> You've got some strange wrestling opinions, Mark. He had a couple of good pay-per-views. You prefer, you prefer Undertaker after 2005. You don't think Bret Hart's a good wrestler. No, 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 that's wrong. I think The Undertaker had better matches after. Like, I think he had a couple of good um to like genuinely, I genuinely think this. I think he had a couple of good Mankind matches and Shawn Michaels matches. Like that first Hell in the Cell with Michaels is just a wonderful, wonderful match. Uh, the casket match is really good. But really, like he, it just depended so much on who he was wrestling. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the WrestleMania matches really only got credibly good around. Well, there was Edge, Batista, Punk, uh, you know, the Shawn Michaels double, Triple H double were fine. Um, like there was, he was not like the incredible worker that he was for a long time. Part of that was his gimmick, but like he he could pull it out sometimes, but he didn't pull it out all that often in the 90s and he didn't pull anything out until like at least 1997. Well, you've heard it here first, guys. Undertaker was terrible in the nineties, and uh, and Bret Hart was. <laughs> and so was Bret, Bret Hart. Hart was good in the ring, and the, the so WWF's two biggest stars that carried the company throughout the nineties were awful. Oh, I think, first of all, that's not they're not the two biggest stars of the WWF in the nineties. His name's Stone Are Cold Steve Austin. Oh, you mean the Sandman knockoff? 
<laughs> Sam M too. Wow, we are. Why do we do a wrestling podcast when clearly we hate wrestling? <laughs> it's the fun of being a fucking smark, man. You know what I mean? You just like. <laughs> It's almost like a wrestling match between the two of us to <laughs> to try and beat the other one with like the smargiest comment we can come up with. Yeah, I suppose Stone Cold was the biggest thing in WWF, but the Undertaker was definitely up there. I mean, everyone knows who the Undertaker is. <laughs> Even my fucking dad knows who the Undertaker is, and he hates he's definitely wrestling. One of the he's <laughs> one of the top sort of people. Of, of that era, whether that's necessarily a good thing, but you've got The Rock in the 90s and The Undertaker. Uh, you know, you've got Sean Michael. Oh, The Rock star of Young Rock. I watch that show. It's great. <laughs> but, the, like, you can't say that The Undertaker is a bigger star than The Rock or Steve Austin. Like, he's in that next tier. Not now, but I think in the late 90s, it was the three of them were just as famous as each other. Maybe Stone Stone Cold was probably the biggest draw, but The Undertaker was fucking huge. By 99, like there was a reason why the main events were of Wrestle, the WrestleManias, I think three years in a row were Stone Cold Rock, not Undertaker matches. Like, you know, Mm. there's like Undertaker was a big star, but he was the third. Like he, he was not, you know, and Bret Hart was, he's in that next tier with Bret, Sean. uh, That's probably the five, you know, I don't think you can make a, argument that Triple H was a huge star until a little bit later. Until everyone left. And then Hunter was all that was left. <laughs> yes, that's potentially right. <laughs> that's correct, man. That's <laughs> 100% correct. Hunter was like eighth on the bill until everyone was like, ah, I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> and then it was like, it's time to play the game. <laughs> You're writing your own... Uh- your own history of uh, of WWF that I'm enjoying quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I don't know, there was like 12 years of nothing, then CM Punk. The, uh, well, what a... What a what <laughs> um, so, uh, do you want to hear the ratings? Oh, yeah, let's do it. 2.7 to 3.3, Nitro wins. Nitro, I'm going to, like, Nitro's going to win for a long time now. Yeah, 600,000 people. I mean, we're still fucking... It was a million last week, so Raw have gained a little bit of ground. Well, this is the but thing, uh, right? This is this is where the WWF sort of claimed that, the, you know, the, the, the history of it all is that WCW fell apart completely and, you know, was terrible. But, like, the ratings stay pretty much the same and there's not really, like, bump-ups for, an, until an, for another more than a year where they're, like, the ratings get much, much bigger. Mm. So, it's quite interesting. Yeah, I mean the the story. I mean the sto- Yeah, the the outsider storyline is um, great. Like and it, and it's believable. So yeah, well, I mean, but we're know. gonna like and and WWF likes to pretend that the only thing was the the invasion, and then it all just sort of trickled down into bad booking. But WWF aren't going to win the ratings again until April of nineteen ninety eight. Like yeah, and there are still. I mean, even though the last couple of episodes have been a bit blah. I mean, me personally, I would be getting rid of any Dungeon of Doom stuff. Although on the next episode, I've got um, I've got a fantasy booking of a Dungeon of Doom angle Ooh. that I'm quite proud of, actually. So that's a little bit of sizzle for the next episode. Um, it's me booking our man. Don't you dare call him a fish, John Tenter, <laughs> to a to a belt. Oh so, my god! <laughs> you, you look forward. It's not a good belt, but it's still a belt. Um, but like Dean Malenko's on there, Eddie Guerrero's on here, like Alex Wright and DDP. Like there are 
um, you know, Macho Man's in a match. Like there, like there's enough on here besides Kevin and. Well, you you Scott want a series make you, like I would still watch W. Uh, you want a series of vignettes about Disco Inferno's ball. <laughs> I don't understand why it wasn't used again. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> The uh, the you know, like you want the original castaway to have been ha- to have happened on a Monday night in nineteen ninety six. It just needs to be tweaked. You have him come out, dance underneath the mirror ball, mm. right, and then as a dastardly heel, he swings the ball on his opponent's face and gets the you know what I mean, or like smashes it on someone's head. <laughs> well, that's uh, it's already there. You're already using it as a gimmick. You might as well use it as an actual gimmick. You know. Do you like that that much? Is that I do like it. <laughs> <laughs> I do like it. <laughs> He's a disco guy. He uses a disco ball to fucking kill people. <laughs> well, it's right there, man. It's right there. I mean, couldn't he use like? No, that's a bad joke. Couldn't he use amphetamine what? overdoses to? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit of this, the old Spanish fly, and suddenly, you know, DDP's asleep in the middle of the ring. And oh no, not DDP! And discos. Who's going to fix Jake the Snake and Scott Hall <laughs> and Big Cass? Well, Big. Oh, they, I didn't know he was involved. So his name is well, much later, but his yeah. name's Morrissey now. Anyway, old. W. Morrissey. He's Robert Smith's most hated wrestler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a celebrity joke. death match you want to see: Morrissey versus Robert Smith. Hundred percent, they did that right. Or is that too? Was it too niche? That, I feel like that's too niche. I remember seeing the Gallagher brothers on that and being like, "Oh, holy shit!" Mm. That's true. <laughs> so I feel like Robert Smith and Morrissey would be way particularly too niche. in the '90s when neither of them were particularly well. Robert Smith was still good, but Morrissey. Well, the Cure, the Cure just put out wrong number. Their greatest song. Well, that the Cure, I mean, are consistently good. And- yeah, sorry, sorry, wrong number. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, wrong number. Go home, Damien. Go home. <laughs> the best Atlantis out of America. I'm in my head. I'm quoting uh, the end of "There Will Be Blood." As uh, Daniel Plainview beats Eli Cotton to die, oh, I shouldn't. Anyway, so if you haven't seen there, will uh, be spoilers. Blood, <laughs> watch there will be blood, and that's what I, what's it happening between Damien and me right now in my mind. <laughs> okay, um, that's probably the end of this episode. Might be the end of the podcast forever. Well, who knows? <laughs> See, can Matt and I put our differences behind about the Cure's discography in the mid nineties? What will do? What will be my booking of? Don't you dare call him a fish, John Tenter, in the next episode. Will we ever get to bash at the beach? All these questions and more will be answered on the next episode of Reconsidering WCW Nitro. Until then, brother friends, Pepe is dead. <laughs> <laughs>